That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker What's up, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nestlemania alongside for the ride is an unbiased journalist, JC. The one and only unbiased journalist, of course. But Nestlemania, we are at a new ten, our new time slot for the first time ever. And you know, since we're recording at night, oh, have a little toast because it's not uh, ten o'clock in the morning. I get away with drinking. We could day drink. That'd be fine. Ah. There we go. So little, I, 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 does it make you a better juice? Does it make you a little better podcaster? I hope so. Yeah, it'll probably loosen me up by the end because uh, this sucker is thirteen percent. So let's go. Thirteen percent. Yeah, it's some of them cut water Long Islands. They're delicious. Our boy Aaron's already in the chat. What up, Aaron? We're having a lot of fun tonight again with a new time slot. Thank you for all for joining us. We're gonna have a lot of fun. So uh, let's just start things off the way we normally do with pay per views. Uh, we have an amazing elimination chamber to talk about here. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be exciting. Obviously. We can start wherever we want, but it was in Montreal with an unbiased journalist, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, Michael Cole just bringing it in. It's one of those things like, I mean, we kind of know how we feel, how some of those WWE guys feel about Tony Khan in general. So with him throwing his little tantrum about Ariel being on SmackDown, and as uh, is very well known because no one tries to hide it, Nick Khan, who is now a big part of WWE, used to be Ariel's agent too. So there is a connection there, of course. But I mean, hey, that line was great. It was a great way to set the tone. So we had five matches at Elimination Chamber, JC. And I got to tell you, I was actually pleasantly surprised with the card. The results were great. But there was only one real disappointment, in my opinion. We can talk about it. But if you want to go in order, we can go in order. Yeah, I might as well slip through it. Uh, the Women's Chamber, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Right off the, bo- uh, the bat, I love Liv's gear. I thought it was super hot fire. Um, but I thought everyone kind of had their moments in this match. Uh you know, and I thought everyone kind of did okay, but it kind of was the result we expected in uh, Asuka coming out on top because Asuka and Bianca definitely felt like the money match. I tend to agree with you. I mean, that we all kind of picked Asuka, I think, at that point. I mean, we all kind of wanted Liv, but we kind of knew that Liv, unfortunately, isn't a marquee name for WrestleMania. That doesn't mean she's not a marquee name for anything else, but uh, I thought that Nikki Cross did a great crossbody off the top there. I thought there were a lot of great specific spots uh, but honestly, when I looked at it, there was only one. And Oscar seems to be the one that rejuvenated new music, new look, the green or blue mist or whatever she wants to do, or just kind of that psycho-y looking thing. I'm kind of all in on it. Like I, I didn't, it's not that I'm not a fan of Oscar. I just felt like since she went from NXT to the main roster, you just didn't feel like she was Oscar anymore. And I think this is a great reboot, if you will. I probably not the best word. But it felt like a reboot, right? It felt like we are extremely excited to see where this goes. I'm still very precautious or cautious, I guess, to see if they're going to let Asuka beat Bianca Belair. 
I think it, it makes sense because if she doesn't, then we're kind of looking at like, you know, maybe Bianca does hold it for a long time, which she could. Bianca's a stud, but um, I mean, Bianca could probably use some time off too. But I thought that was the big thing for me with Asuka is they kind of gave her time that when there's a major character change, like with her, like going back to her badass self, I like that she had been kind of like away for a little bit because it kind of like we talk about it with Drew all the time, just like go away for a little bit so we can like. You know, when you come back, it feels more special and more fresh with you. And uh, I, I gun to my head right now. I think she's beaten Bianca at WrestleMania because we saw the treatment Triple H gave that character in NXT. Um, on the WWE, the main roster, Asuka's done literally everything. So to say that she hasn't been treated well on the main roster would be a dumb fucking statement. She's literally, <laughs> literally accomplished like everything there is to accomplish in WWE. Like literally, look at her resume. No one else no, has that resume for a woman. Um, and now you can add Elimination Chamber winner to the list. So. Uh, but it's just it's we haven't seen this darker Oscar character. It's been a lot of babyface Oscar or like a, a, a different type of badass Oscar. So it is refreshing. It is exciting. And this was the match that I I think was the best choice. And I, I just would like to retract my statement about saying that because what I think what I wanted to say was in NXT she was dominant. Yes, I it wasn't meant as a shot at you. It was more no. like because I see the internet people be all the time like, oh my god, WWE fucked up Oscar. Uh, what? No, you're fucking dumb. That's why I was taking shots at you. Not necessarily, not you. You usually take shots at me, so well, I just figured it was I mean, me. I, there, there's going to be plenty of shots taking you in this podcast, I'm sure, especially. Well, you could take a shot right now if you like. There you go. Lather up. One of these weeks, I'm just going to line up shots and just rip them every time there's something done. Well, see, By now, the end of the show, I'm going to be asleep in my chair. <laughs> see, now what you can do is you guys can have a drinking game every time I do something stupid. So It's, it's true. It's drunk. appropriate. Eight o'clock at night. If, yeah. Uh, Prime time, bitches. Yeah. Prime time. Uh, so the next match, which was kind of like the head scratcher of the night for me, four minutes and 45 seconds. We thought it was going to be eight minutes because that's a Brock Lesnar special because it's eight minutes or less. So your Brock is free. Uh, a DQ finish here. It seems like we are not done with Bobby Lashley. And Brock Lesnar, your thoughts. So this we can get more into Monday with what kind of happened with Brock. But I kind of like, obviously, this, this finish was a letdown. But we knew that like they want to keep both these guys looking powerful heading into your bigger show. These are two of your bigger marquee names that you can put up there. So but I'm curious is just like, how are they going to book this? Because obviously we know Lash has been teasing all the things with MVP in the Hurt Business. Omos works with MVP as well. He's the one who challenged Brock, as we'll get into. But Bray Wyatt also on SmackDown said he's going to, or whenever he said it, or maybe it was, I don't remember when he said it, but he's like, I want the winner of Brock versus Bobby. Well, technically, I guess Bobby won, but how does this factor in? Is this like a multi-person match? Is this a multi-thing? But it's that's why I guess it kind of interests me a little bit because – a lot of times when we get in a WrestleMania season, the slots fall into place and we just kind of know we're just like, okay, we got to get there. This is one where at least for like the next couple episodes, it's kind of up in the air. So they got me interested to see at least what's going to happen. You're not going to be interested in Omos and Brock though, but we can talk about that yeah. later. That's fine. You can sell it on me. Sell me. Sell me. I can, we can, I can, we can try that later. We can, we try can be convinced later. of anything, JC. I just yeah. think it's a little bit wonky. That's all I have to say about that. The next match, Edge and Beth Phoenix take on the Judgment Day. Uh, I'm probably going to get some hate for this, but you and I, we did bias. We did, we did watch together. Um, but I thought Beth Phoenix was the sandbag. I mean, look at, she's retired. She's older. She hasn't wrestled the match in over a year. Uh, my takeaway from this match is that, uh, they hit a shatter machine, which was really cool. And that's yeah, no, I mean that, I mean, unfortunately that, it just, it wasn't, this was the lower point in terms of wrestling on the card for sure. But I mean, I thought the Shatter Machine spot was cool, and uh, I got nothing else really good to say about it. <laughs> right, it's a it's a let me up match, is what this what it felt like for me. So I'm I'm good with moving on. Uh, of course, then we get to the U.S. title 
Elimination Chamber, which to me, this match, with the exception of the main event, was just, I think it exceeded my expectations as a viewer. Uh, I'm glad that Theory won because Theory really seems like he's, until Cena comes, it seems like he's just kind of doing random things for now. And I really, the only thing I could nitpick, and I, I think I've talked about this with you guys before and then the Jabberknocker thread, and, and I'm curious what other people's thoughts are. Please, you know, talk to me about it or, or be in the chat or whatever you like to say. I did like the inclusion of Logan Paul. Oh, yeah. But what I didn't like was that he was wearing like highlighter yellow and Seth had to pretend like he wasn't there and then be like, oh, here's the best lariat you'll ever see, which again, it is better than Hangman Page. That's not a debate. That's just a fact of life. But I was just like, how do you not see that giant highlighter in the corner waiting to hit you? You know what I mean? And it's just, I don't understand that. I know it's wrestling. It's wrestling logic. It goes out the window. But I don't well, know. It's, I it's just... also the thing with the wrestling is, is like when someone always does that, the crowd always starts to go nuts and the wrestlers have to like no sell. They know it's look at Logan Paul wears bright colors. That's what he's done. Like if that's something that, yeah, that's going to like, you know, put a little like fly in your white one, then you need to get some new white buddy, because who cares? It was cool. It was cool spot. It was a cool to see. We knew this is kind of where we were headed, or at least that's where we thought. Um, it was a good way to get Seth out of the match. And, you know, like you said, like now we have the thing with theory, like, We'll talk about on Monday if there was a little doubt that maybe he'll lose it there. It's one of those things like, does he lose this U.S. title or is his match with Cena, which we know is happening, going to be for that title? So, again, more intrigue. It is, and I think the only thing I wanted to say was, so the other thing that I really wanted to ask you was, okay, we know Theory is a star. We know Rollins is a star. What about the other four? Were there other – I mean, obviously Montez had a great outing, right? But did were you impressed with Bronson Reed? Were you impressed with Johnny Gargano? Because to me, I thought Gargano did well in this match because this is the kind of thing where he can like kind of live on his chaos and look like the badass he is. I also think it highlighted what Bronson Reed can be in terms of a powerhouse. Like we saw in that NXT ladder match, too. Like, you know, with kind of violence, when you have a bigger guy and some smaller guys, you can really make the monster look like a monster. Uh, Bronson Reed's probably never going to be a guy that I'm going to be a fan of in general, but uh. You know, I like I said, I think they did fine. And then Damian Priest is Damian Priest. He's already sold to me, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything memorable from him besides his gear for this match. So <laughs> that gear was sick. It was great. always I man. He's he's a great he's great gear. Anyway, so we get to the main event: Sami Zayn taking on the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns in what seemed like it was an eternity. Apparently, I just want to make sure the match was thirty-two minutes twenty seconds. Does that include all the stuff before? Probably not. No, it doesn't even include the entrances, pal. Yeah. I mean, it, it. I mean. But the they show didn't. was cooking until this, really. Like, yeah, the women's chamber was... moved. The first two matches moved. Uh, the men's chamber slowed down a little, obviously, as you think. But we got to this. I think at this point, we were like, uh, not much over two hours. So we're like, this thing's going to be a while. And I thought that they gave it what it needed to be. They gave the crowd their moments before and during and after. They hit all the check boxes that, you know, like, I think they planted seeds of doubt in a lot of people's minds. Uh, and I thought that it was a really, really special moment in general for. Sammy and all of Canada. I I, I just, I kind of tend to agree with Sammy because I was sitting there going, oh man, I just wanted him to win so bad, right? That's like, what you should a, feel. That's how you right. should feel. And again, they did a great job of that. The only thing that I could think about, JC, and again, I'm not sitting here trying to nitpick everything because that was A-plus work across the board. It really was. The only thing that I was kind of head-scratching about, and again, I, I'm, I'm assuming if I just let it play out, I'll be satisfied, but at that moment, I felt like this was the one thing I went, mm, I would have liked to have that be done differently, was the spirit of Jay. Everything else to me made perfect sense. I'm sure you could talk me into it, and that's perfectly fine. But I don't understand. I know it's like 
I know that Sammy was the reason the bloodline broke up because he hit Roman. Like it's no one in the bloodline did anything to Sammy technically yet. You know what I mean? And I think that's great. But where I'm a head scratcher, and we can talk about it at some point, when KO said that thing on Monday about like, why don't you go help your friend Jay or ask your friend Jay for help? I don't know how to feel about this going forward because we have to get to the point where Jay turns on Sammy, then KO has to save his ass again in order for this to all make sense in six weeks, which again, completely plausible. But I just, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, I would have rathered something different. It's just, I think that this was probably the easiest way for them to kind of like spark a little bit of uh, Jay being upset with Sammy. Cause obviously like we know it wasn't intentional, but as we see all the times in wrestling, when you get these inadvertent things, we see with tag teams and they break up all the time. Like, it's just like, dude, you hit me, but it's just, it's, I think they can add to it though, because I think kind of like the promos that Roman cut about Sammy being selfish. I think maybe that could get into Jay's head. If that's still the direction that we're going, which we assume, but we can t- obviously we'll talk about Monday a little more because I thought that that kind of like, because I kind of expect out of Elimination Chamber that we'll be full speed ahead and we wouldn't need the next six, we- six weeks. But the way they did it and the way they've kind of set it up, like we kind of need the six weeks now, which I think is exciting because I think it'll keep like that flame hot for this. Um, but yeah, no, obviously we didn't see the Usos on Monday. So uh, we're waiting to hear from Jay. We'll have to watch SmackDown on Friday. But yeah, I mean that... Um, they, could they have done it differently? Maybe. The other thing was that, like, obviously, like, Jay got knocked out and never got back up. But, like, Jimmy got knocked out and came back up, like, ten times. Like, that's always, like, a – I know our, our boy uh, Wes texted me about that one. And I was like, yeah, but they got to save something for TV. You know, that was yeah. – that's the only reason I can put it. There's no no real logic to it, but they got to save something to make you watch Friday. But, yeah, I guess that is the one part you could nitpick. But, man, like, that crowd obviously all night was great, but just like you could feel it and it was special. And like, again, this is why I said all along, like this was bigger than WrestleMania for Sammy, because how often do you get to fight for a world championship against the final boss in your hometown, whether you win or lose, like, obviously like for this, you like, Oh man, be so cool to win. But as we know, like it was never going to be Sammy's to win. Um, But I thought they did it right. And they gave him justice and it looked, he really held his own and it felt special. All right. So overall, Elimination Chamber, I would say probably a seven or an eight for me. Yeah, I really, I really I give it an A minus grade. I thought it was really solid. It was an enjoyable okay. show. It was, it kept tight to what we needed it to be. And for a show that a lot of times these in between Rumble and WrestleMania shows, they're just like whatever. But this one felt better. I think the last two years they've been really good. So I think that's good momentum for WWE. All right. Now let's get into the regular part of the show. Always in the shine. Much like Mandy Rose, of course. She's always in the shine, whether she's here or not. But uh, I think we start off with uh, what happened on Monday, and that is uh, Sammy coming out and uh, pretty much wanted KO to come join him and asked to join forces. And uh, KO pretty much said, I, wh- I, I meant what I said before, Sammy, that I'm done with you. So uh, obviously a lot to unpack there. We just kind of hinted at it. That's why I think this is a good place to start. But like you said, we got six weeks to put this together where we get KO and Sammy probably reuniting, which obviously will be a really cool moment because we know their history. They're two guys that are absolutely beloved by fans. They make sense together, but it's like it's going to be interesting how they do how they do this with the Usos and really sell us. And uh, I do think it would be a good choice for night one main event. But again, we got to see how this plays out. 
I'm actually trying to look up right this instant because this is the this is the craziness. This is the detective in me where I'm like looking to see the Monday Night Raws, like where they could if there is. A we potential. have one in Boston a couple weeks. That's what we know. Boston's back. a wrestling town, but we know that's more Cena driven. I'm just trying to think of myself as I'm watching or looking at this thinking like, is there a monumental place where they can like come together with a handshake or a hug and the place fucking blows up? I mean, technically, they're usually assume- they usually go to a lot of the big cities in the lead up to mania. Right. That's why, um, like, we're getting one in Boston, and because they usually they want those hot crowds leading in. Yeah, I'm just trying to see what's going on here. It seems like we got a Monday Night Raw in Grand Rapids. We've got uh, another Monday Night Raw in St. Louis, where Randy Orton could come back. I doubt it very much, but that could happen. Be cool. You never, never know. A Monday Night Raw in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> no thanks. Hey. Monday, Monday Night Raw in. Oh, I guess. Uh, okay, so maybe I'm missing some stuff, but it seems like. It could happen on SmackDown too. Yeah, that's that's fair. But I just feel like I'm waiting for that moment of like everybody wants the hug, everybody wants the the whole thing. Cause like what I don't understand, and again, it's weird to me, right? Like, and again, you can talk me into anything, folks. But so Sami Zayn wanted Kevin Owens to help him, right? After what happened on on Saturday, which is fine. I get that. But what I don't understand is how Kevin Owens is like, you know, Sammy, I've been doing this by myself the whole time. I'm going to keep doing it myself. But if you go back to Saturday, he stood in the way of Roman Reigns at the end there and he walked away so that he could hit the, you know, Sammy could hit the Huluva kick. And I just thought like, eh, you kind of were working together there for just a little bit. And I mean, they, they covered their tracks on Monday. I, I get that, but I mean, it's, it's one of those things I think about is you get, you get momentum in the moment that adrenaline rushing, and then you have time to kind of sit and think in it. And Kay was like, man, how many times is saying I go back and forth and we literally went through, like, I can't trust them. So I think that's how you can sell yourself on it. That's fair. I just, I, again, I'm looking at it from like, again, I'm looking for a crumb at this point. Cause it's really just, it's so awesome. And I don't have any issues with it in general. Speaking of awesome, I'm not going to go to the Miz next, but I'm going to go to uh, Cody Rhodes, baby, because we are officially, the main event is official for WrestleMania. It is Roman Reigns defending the Undisputed World Championship Universal of the Universal Space-Time Continuum World Championship. Can we thing. just can we just call it the Lunar Weight Champion? The lunar- <laughs> just That's why lunar- Stardust needs to win it. The uh, Lunar so, Weight, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but Cody obviously comes out and he's starting to cut a promo. He's interrupted by... I mean, this is why where Paul Heyman succeeds as he's wearing a neck brace and talking about the poor Canadian healthcare and just it's it's one of those things like watching that. I'm like, man, if they gave me six weeks of just Cody and Heyman going back and forth, I don't think anyone would be mad at it because they are two of the best at fucking selling you on shit. And I am just I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped. I to me, I thought, you know what I love about this? And it's not even discussed yet, but it's just something that I think is really just behind the scenes kind of cool. Roman Reigns hasn't acknowledged Cody at all really. It's you like You mentioned his name once. But like but like he's he's too busy being great that he can't even afford to look in the direction of Cody Rhodes, so he sends his parrot or his walrus to go after him, which again is perfectly fine cuz I know when Roman and Cody go up against each other folks, it's going to be, you know, great. At least verbally, we know it's going to be great. But the way that it worked with how Heyman stated something, and again, it tugged on my heartstrings because when I heard this promo, I thought I'd feel the same way when he was like, you want to be a family man, but you're going to be home you know, 60 days out of the year. And like your dad was home, but never home. And I'm like, well, fuck, if I was a world champion, I'd be a shitty dad. 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I mean, you know, obviously Roman Reigns gets the part-time schedule, but that made me go like, be careful what you wish for. You know, like that, that's a tough, like internal monologue to have with yourself. And again, not that they do it all the time, but as a dad, I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, that would make me second guess myself. What a, what a shitty fucking thing to say. And then the other thing about keeping his wife warm, which was, you know, low blow. I just want to see Brandy kick him in the nuts. I doubt that's going to happen because I feel like there's too much going on in WrestleMania anyway that she's probably not even going to be involved. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Like you said, we got six weeks, so there could be a moment where, you know, she shows up. I... Whether maybe it's in the crowd. Maybe it's Roman just trying to hit on her like he was doing Sammy's wife the whole match. I'm trying to, what do you say? I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to make you better. I was trying to make everybody better. I just, the thing about Roman Reigns is just, he's, he's when he's not there, he's still there in some form. Like, it's like, he, yeah. it's like, it's like he's an overpowering feeling, even if he's not on television and it, it's driving Palpatine, He's Thanos. Yeah. Like he's yeah. that end boss where everything that happens, you know, he's the one behind it all. Yeah. It's amazing. And just, and Heyman does a great job going forward. But again, if we have five, six weeks left, it's going to be, it's going to be tough, but I'll be curious to see oh, where we I go. I don't think it's going to be tough. I, I am going to eat up this entire journey. This is what I would have been waiting for, for a fucking year, man. So I, I'm pumped for this. Uh, and I think this is going to be a fantastic headliner way, whether we get the moment or not, I think we are, but as we've seen with the Roman Reigns, I mean, until he loses, it's hard to pick against him. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Bertsky says, is, is this kid wearing a KO shirt backwards? No, this no. is, is frontwards. Yeah. Come on, boy. They're in Canada. I had to wear my uh, Canada shirt. It was either him or Ty Dillinger, you know? 10, 10, My 10. two Canadians. One, two. So apparently, yep, yeah, sorry. There's five, five left. Five well, yeah, I guess we're, we can still include last night because SmackDown hasn't happened yet. So sure, that's fine. But I just feel like we are we are full steam ahead. All right, anything else positive you want to talk about, JC? Oh uh, yeah, I enjoyed the main event because uh, the reason why I like this, obviously, I set up in the presser. I thought it was kind of lame because the way Edge did the promo, I'm like oh man, it's an open county, Ottawa. It's like fuck off. But uh, <laughs> I enjoyed this because it was immediately we were talking with this with like the Joe Stopper where he said the reason why he thought Theory was going to win is because he thought he might drop it along the way, and I was immediately thought I'm like well. What if it's they give him the big moment there at Elimination Chamber to make him look good, but the next night lose to Edge, and then Edge and Balor could be for the U.S. title at Mania? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have batted an eye on that. But uh, again, I like the way they did this as well because obviously we know we're getting Finn and Edge. Finn cost him the title, but it at least like was a match in the main event where I'm thinking like we could get a title change here. Is this the moment? So these are things I'm looking for in WrestleMania season is that we know so much of where we're going with so many things that the uncertain stuff really sell me on it because that's how I get into it. That's how I really like build up my interest and the momentum for WrestleMania. So I did. And I thought, I mean, the match was good, obviously. Uh, Theory's great. Edge is great. So I thought it was a pretty solid main event. It's a long match because, well, you know who's in it. That's fine. And he has to have a long promo the main event. It's fine. It's in Ottawa. And he has his little, again, has his little, you know, his little tights with his Bret Hart stuff on, which is great. But the other thing was, for me, positive-wise, it's nice to have Theory go up against a veteran like that to be able to pick the brain of someone like he. I mean, you've heard Cena say it before, folks. Edge is Einstein. Like, his brain is just on another level in terms of how he puts his matches together, he how he takes the crowd on a roller coaster ride, all that stuff. So I think if Theory is going to be the now and the forever, I think in order to rub up against somebody like an Edge and Ooh. get that information, relax. 
He had edge protection. him a little bit with edge. Yeah. Edge him. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know where to go from that, but I will say this much though. Like he watching this, I'm like, Oh, this kid's like what? 25. He's working with edge. He's probably getting just groomed in a way to be like, here, work with these people so that they can get you ready for when it really is your time so that you're, you're, you're above and you don't fail. And I, I think that's great. Cause I was watching it and I was very impressed with how he listened to edge. And I mean, if you're looking for those things, I mean, obviously not everybody that watches, watches like me where I'm very specific on what I'm looking for, but you could see the communication and you could see the way that edge was communicating to him and he was listening and taking very good direction. So I thought it was a, it was a hell of a main event. And of course, Finn looking like Finn can only look, uh, with sexy, sexy as can be in Ottawa. But, uh, it's funny how even, you know, at six months, but a year, you think about last year where Finn Balor was and now where he is portrayed now. It's unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. Well, it's one of those things with Finn because obviously, like, I didn't really know him at this time because I didn't watch outside WWE stuff. But it was like I was always told about like Finn created the Bullet Club. He was a leader of this, and then WWE we never really got Finn as a like leader in a faction. He was a lot of times he was just a baby piece that came over like oh. So it was just like that's why when the Judgment Day thing happened, I was like, yes, this is this this is yes, this is what I've been waiting for. This is cool. He makes sense with Priest and Rhea. Obviously, they've added Dom, and it's just one of those things. It's like. Like we've mentioned over, like all four members of the Judgment Day have just flourished, stuck together. And I think it just, it's especially where Finn's at in his career, where we are on the back half of Finn's career for sure, because he is a lot older than you think he is. I mean, it doesn't look like it. The man's a fucking stud, but he is. So it was finally like the Judgment Day is me finally getting to see Finn as like, they don't call him the leader, but he pretty much feels like the leader because he's the veteran, like of a group and like with the untalented, elevating them while elevating himself. And you can tell us, we talk about this all the time, man. When wrestlers look like they're just having fun, how good the character work gets. And man, I think Finn is having the time of his fucking career right now. He is having a blast with all the stupid shit he does. And it's just like him and Edge, they're probably going to have a, a very a match that I think we're all excited for. But we know is going to be much like the Edge Orton match. It's going to be so fucking meticulous and planned out. And it'll probably be really good. But I'm sure you'll rip it to shreds because you're nestling. What? Those things look, bother you. Look, I will just say this much. It is hard for me to enjoy a match over 35 minutes. Oh, no, I agree. I don't think it'll be that long. Too. If, it's, if, it, if, it, if it's 35 minutes, I mean, bell to bell. I'm not talking about entrances because it's WrestleMania. You got to have the Gaga. You got to have the pomp and circumstance. I was say, Roman's entrance might be 35 minutes. Roman's entrance last alone. one. Yeah. Oh! Uh, but, I mean, Purple Demon. You never know if he comes looking out like purple dinosaur. We never know what the hell he's going to look like. Uh, Edge will be doing something weird, I'm sure. So it's just like... There's so much to do, but I mean, to me, I think we live in this world now where it's so much instant gratification that you can't, you can't have these long ass matches. I mean, you can't have an hour, you know, wrestling match anymore, folks. I'm oh, sorry. A the main event of AEW I'm sorry. Revolution? I, you can't, I, you, you, you're Are you not going to, you can't, I mean, I'm going to get hay for that, but you, to me, no, you're right. you can't, yeah. you can't. I don't want to, especially like Tony fucking, uh, the snowman's going to book 14 fucking matches and one of them's going to be an hour. Fuck off, buddy. Do you want to build a snowman? Sorry. That's Couldn't weird. help myself. Mm. Couldn't help mm. myself. Uh, but no, I, so anything else that you want to talk about that's uh, very, very shine worthy? I don't have anything written down, but I will say this on SmackDown. I did enjoy fucking Hit Row coming out in Canada and be calling back to when they did. You've been like, oh, you fucking like hillbilly weirdo Canucks like didn't cheer us. And they start doing their thing. And then out comes Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy and beat the shit out of them. Like I said it last week, man, like. I think people were expecting, like, when they see people come back, it's like, oh, hit row. They need to be, like, stars of the tech division. No, th and this is, like, 
this is like their safe zone. This is they're on TV every week. They're good heels. They get heat. They put over baby faces. Could they have a serious run at some point? Absolutely. But you know how you build up the cachet is you continue to put them in front of an audience, let them get better, let the crowd get more accustomed to them. And right now, I think they're in a sweet spot where they're they're just the perfect heel jobber to the stars, man. Perfect no, heel jobber they, to the stars. They are absolutely. And I think here's the thing: top dollar when he top dollar, excuse me, top dollar. dollar, top dollar, holla holla, flop dollar, flop dollar. It always bothers me when he says not nada because it's a double negative, and I'm sure the grammar <laughs> troll will just start going off on that. And basically, he means everybody's better than him, but nobody's better than Canyon. Just remember that. Uh, but that's beside the point. I will say this much on SmackDown. I did want to have this said because I thought it was kind of interesting to me. I thought Oscar versus Liv. Oh yeah. I know it's a throwaway match now because of what we talked about with the chamber, but God damn it. That had no business being as good as it was folks. I, I like that was a pay-per-view quality match. I don't want people to forget that. I think you should go back and watch it. Cause I thought like you and I had this conversation, I think previously where it was the speed was slowed down a little bit and then then it sped up it was perfectly timed it was well done and oscar's been on a roll but Liv holds her own in a lot of these situations which i didn't think was humanly possible for her but i think she's gotten the experience and she kind of starting to realize hey like no i'm that good too yeah and i i we talked about this obviously last year where the reason why i was happy like Liv was nominated for some of our year and stuff is that like if we had a most improved award i think like in 2022 like Yes, yeah, she obviously had the big moments too, but I think the reason why they were able to give her those moments is that she improved so much into not only like good wrestling in the rain, but like understanding how to slow down and kind of feed off the crowd and just kind of get more comfortable in there. And yeah, like you said, we saw it play out because we know Asuka can be good, but Asuka can sometimes be very boring. So you kind of need someone to kind of come out and be able to take the unique style that Asuka has, but then bring their own thing with it. And I thought this, like you said, like it was for a TV match, like they don't get much better than that. As I'm looking at the rest of my notes, I don't really have anything positive. So it's up to you. Get them off my TV. First time in the dark, baby. <laughs> get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. <laughs> Oh man, where do I start? Where the fuck do I start? It's like SmackDown doesn't even matter at this point, but I did want to say that Montreal hates Shayna, but more importantly, hates Ronda. Oh, yeah. I just think that that is beyond whatever. I'm going to go right to Hey, or sorry, Ding Dong. Ah, no, because this entire segment for me was a fucking ah, nope. Uh, as I was watching this, I thought, okay, she's trying real hard. Damage control is in there. And then this like wonky thing happens with Becky coming out. You have no friends. And here comes. Lita, which again, whatever, it is what it is. I don't know. I can't fathom it. And then, of course, they throw the line in there about, like, didn't you guys just beat each other up? And then she said she was a golem when it comes to the the title. But they now they want to be together if they can't win against each other. And I just was like, that was a hop, skip, and a fucking leap. Like, for me, and I just, like, obviously, there was supposed to be a Trish thing, and now we're, we're putting that on hop, pause, until we can figure out what happens. And now I'm, I'm like, I guess I can be talked into Lita and Becky as champions going into WrestleMania against Shayna and, and Ronda, maybe damage control. But then someone else on Twitter threw out an idea that I was just like, oh my God, my face is going to melt. It was like, Bailey, Trish is going to turn on Lita and Becky to join with Bailey. So it would be Bailey and Trish, damage control, Becky, Lita, and then Shayna and Ronda. Shayna and Ronda aren't babyface. It doesn't work. No, I know, but I was just like, what work. is happening here? Like, this is no, it this work. is bizarre. Well, it's what he, I 
I hate saying this because I love Bailey, but in terms of the WWE talk shows, like, and it's not even close. She's so bad at hosting them, man. Like, it just like it's one of those things. Like, Alexa Bliss was really good at it. Um, Bailey's really been the only other woman that's gotten the shows. Um, so it's unfortunate, but it just like it's not. It just this was this wasn't great. Uh, but like you said, we kind of know. I don't know. Here's the thing, though. I don't know if we're getting Becky and Lita winning. I don't. I still think it might just be Damage Control versus Shayna and Ronda, or maybe they have like a multi tag. I I could see them just doing Becky and Lita as a singles, but then where does that leave Bailey? So it still makes the most sense. This is a six woman tag where it's Damage Control. I guess he left, folks. I don't know what the hell happened. All right. Well, anyway, Damage Control could be happening, but uh, there he is. All right, there he's no. back. I don't know what, what happened, happened to you. What was I saying? Something about damage control and uh, being a six-woman tag, perhaps. Yeah, I think that's unfortunately the realm that we're going. Whether it's Trish or someone else, uh, I think that's where we're headed. I'm See, just the, this, this segment's so bad, your fucking internet said fuck you. <laughs> no, you left, not me. Not me. My internet's fine, bro. You, Dude, you left, not me. No, because no. I could see me. It's You were gone. Well, I don't know what to tell you, pal. Psh. 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 All right, what else we got for heat? All right, looks plenty. Oh, there's plenty. All right, so I'm going to keep going here. Uh, Ali wins against Ziggler in a jobber alert match with this smiling whatever Ali is. I'm, I'm winning. Out on Ali I'm right now. I, I don't understand it. I think it's a waste of time for both of these people. We need to move on because this is stupid. Just stupid. Ziggler could be doing so much more, and Ali, I just, I don't, I don't know if I believe anymore. As sad as it is to say, I just, I don't. He would probably better be served in new Japan impact or ring of honor. I really do believe that. I don't think he's cut out for WWE anymore. I don't think he, I don't think his services are going to be work. If he could accept the role of like that mid card, great wrestler, I think he'd be fine, but he's never going to accept that. So it's yeah, I don't, cause I just, I don't, I don't see it in WWE. The Chicago complainer continues. Yeah. It's uh, him and CM Punk, you know, two peas in the pod. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm um, looking over here. Uh, oh, okay, so we, we haven't gotten to this part, folks. I, I I feel like this is the part where my face will melt. Uh, randomly, out of nowhere, Omos challenges for Brock Lesnar for WrestleMania. Did everybody else go, huh? I laughed. I laughed because I'm like, I mean, granted, I still think this is part of a bigger picture with Lashley and stuff, but it just, it's, honestly, if it isn't Lashley, if it isn't Gunther, and if it isn't, uh, Bray Wyatt, you're looking at the roster and it's like, well, who's a big fucking behemoth they can put against Brock to let him toss around and get a win over? And so Moss is the last man standing because I sure as hell ain't putting Bronson Reed in there. We've already seen Braun Strowman, but I think this is a fucking tease. I think they're just doing this to kind of set up something with Lashley or Bray or something. This is, I don't know. There's something fishy going on here, Nestle, but I do love how much you hate it. Um, I, I think it's also one of those things where like it, where you, you, you can shit no moss all you want, but it's one of those things like when that man's on TV, people pay attention, especially people who don't know. That's why I had the big match against last year, WrestleMania last year. And I have people uh, who I would be like, Oh, who's this guy? He's my favorite. And I'm just like, well, he kind of stinks, but he's big, but there it is. He's fucking big Nestlemania. And you know how many big guys that grow on trees? None. So when one fucking falls off a tree, you pick him up and he exists forever. I just, I, I can't, I can't get behind it. I obviously, it'll be fucking, if it is an actual match, like it's eight minutes or less. We know it. You know, it's like three minutes or less. 
I mean, the thing is, is free. I just feel like, yeah, exactly. I feel like, well, you know, that's a that's a gimme for everybody to pick Brock Lesnar, because if Brock Lesnar loses to Omos at this point, we might as well just have it set sail, you know, and salute him. But it is it's so hard to watch because I went I went and thought to myself, like, this is on the same level as Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for me. It's like, huh? Well, that's pretty mean for Dean Ambrose. Well, no, here's the thing. And so and so Dean Ambrose said he was met with laziness from Brock. Oh, yeah, no, 100%, because Brock didn't want... Here's the thing. Like, I think Brock enjoys, like, the Ricochet and Finn Balor guys who are because he knows that they can do, like, they're... They do things that most people don't do. Dean Ambrose is a different style where he's, like... He fights like a guy who's way bigger than he is. That style doesn't really mesh with Brock because that means Brock has to sell for this guy doing hokey shit off a fucking rope and a guy who just comes in and is punching like this as opposed to he's willing to sell for a guy flipping off the top rope going pew, 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 or and shit like that. But selling for a fucking okie doke like fucking Shane McMahon punches Mr. Dean Ambrose there. Like it's a much different story. So I understand Brock's frustration there. It's not right because Dean was fucking on fire then and they just him refusing to work with him sucks but i can get it it just it's not a style that meshes with brock you either need to be another fucking huss like a lashley or a omas or a braun or a reigns or a gunther or you gotta be a ricochet and finn balor and be able to go pew pew pew, pew. there's no in between there's no, no in between with brock i i tend to agree with you i just I'm, I'm looking at it from a perspective of like what the fuck like what are we doing you know what i mean it just it doesn't make any sense i think it's me. a tease it's a setup Oh no, and I, I I tend to agree. I was going to put that as my hope, but since we've been talking so much about it, I'll move on to something else. But it, it it's not great. Um, and finally, I just the last thing was kind of like the head scratcher for me was just. In theory, it was cool, I guess, but it was like Bronson Reed and Gable. Like, put Gable on my TV, and I'm happy. And having Maxine distract Otis, that was fun. But then I'm just she like, is distracted. Well, yeah, for obvious reasons. But and then I sit there and I think to myself, like. Gable can make anything work, but there's something about Bronson Reed where I'm like, he might as well be a cardboard cutout sometimes. Like I was, there was a flash in the pan two weeks ago when I gave him my comeback and I was just like, oh man, maybe we're going to see something. And then I think you were drinking that day. Probably. But it was just like, it's I don't like know. When you gave Eric Rowan a comeback that one time. Was, was it like, because, what? Was, was it because of the pet rat or whatever the hell it's that something. thing was? It was a fucking, it was. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, I do because I re- when I rewatched a bunch of the rumbles, like he came. It was the Brocky where Brock was throwing everyone out. He came out with his fucking cage, and Brock just whoop. We never found out what was in that cage either. <sighs> it died. Uh, no, but look, th- there are some things on on Monday Night Raw that I was just like, oh my god, what am I watching? So it's just it's just very difficult sometimes to watch. It really is, and 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 again, it's three hours, so sometimes it's just that bottom of the hour, quarter of the hour. It's a rough go, man. It's a very very rough go. Um, but that's that's exactly how I feel. So there you go. I Anything got no heat. I got nothing okay. else. Time to get hopeful. Yeah, you should go first though. Glorious, <laughs> you're my only hope. I gotta think on this one. I bet you do, my friend. So my hope here is, I really kind of enjoyed listening to the backstage segment with Kathy Kelly talking to Seth Rollins. I thought that was really funny. About like he didn't want to acknowledge. You know, Logan Paul, he didn't want to do this. He didn't want to do that and all that shit. But then he had to kind of say something about how if people have wrestled me, people know me, I have that switch that I freak out and I twit and, you know, whatever. And like, that's what I would love to see. And then, of course, he has the match with the Miz. And again, Miz is very serviceable when it comes to anything. And then, of course, he has a decent match with Rollins. And 
but the good thing was is at the end of that match you saw the character work you saw that seth rollins was doing something kind of like unhinged if you will you know not whoop 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 dean ambrose unhinged but he was unhinged what i kind of really thought about was my hope here is i want to see seth rollins become so unhinged so just nasty so just out of his mind that he absolutely somehow some way loses to logan paul at wrestlemania i think we're headed in that direction i think that if logan paul he already has two losses i think nope sorry just one loss to the to tribal chief so i think this is a point where seth rollins as we talked about bulletproof doesn't need to win but if seth rollins can be so frustrated so overwhelmed by just being so hated or hating somebody excuse me hate hate somebody that much that he loses focus for just that one second and logan paul upsets him at wrestlemania and then seeing how seth could have done you know two years ago when we found out bethy bethy becky was pregnant and he came out the next night and he was like disheveled and shit like that's some of my favorite seth rollins stuff with like the messiah and just falling apart and the laugh and whatever like i'm 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 actually i'm thinking to myself he could be in for a real character change here if he loses to logan paul like that might be the bottom of the barrel for seth rollins when he loses to logan paul at wrestlemania and then it sends him into an upright trajectory where he eventually gets back to the wwe title which he deserves because he's been fucking stellar for the last two years but I want to see him lose to Logan Paul and I want him to start like becoming Joker, like, like, like the ad, but I want to, I want to see him lose his shit because I think that's when he's the most entertaining. And I think Logan Paul really needs a big dub going forward. So there's my hope. Logan Paul upset city coming to LA. You are the one who said last year and it proved right that celebrities always win, but it's also is Logan Paul considered a celebrity anymore. Now they're on like his fifth match. Uh, that's a tough call. I, I mean, I think he knows that he can lose. He doesn't have to win. I think he he respects enough of the business that he can lose and he's okay with it. Okay. But he also has a brand. He also has a look and shit. And it's like when he's done with WWE, I mean, it could be years. It could be just one year. We don't know. But somebody might wear anytime soon. He's Triple H loves him too much and he loves doing it too much. And he's too good. To not I, I mean, I, I think he could be one of the all time greats that hasn't, really supposed to be great but he is but i think him being a sniveling shit we haven't really seen it we're starting to get there we're just on the precipice of how much of a hated heel he could potentially be and seth rollins whether we like to doesn't matter what he is whether we'd like to admit it or not he's universally loved you know what i mean like he's just at a point in his career where it doesn't matter what he does he's just awesome so i think that he's okay with losing because at the end of the day, he still wins. We've we've seen the we've seen the equation, folks. Seth Rollins losing sometimes is even better than a win for Seth Rollins. So I'm I'm excited for it, especially where it's in L.A. I just feel like if it's in L.A., you can't make Logan Paul lose. Yeah, it's interesting because I think it's it's a double-edged sword because I think Seth is a guy who you know is going to be there 365 too. And if they do split the titles again or whether they don't or not, he's an easy plug-and-play against Cody too, assuming Cody wins. 
but it's one of those where Seth is also kind of bulletproof and has proven he can take losses and it literally doesn't matter. He lost to Cody 80,000 times in a row and that literally doesn't matter. But it, yeah, it is, that's going to be one of the more intriguing ones to see the direction they go at WrestleMania for sure. My hope... Yeah, I don't really have a good one. I've been uh, kind of just <laughs> brainstorming the entire time you were talking. Every single thing that pops in my head is bad. So we're going to keep it simple in WrestleMania because you know what? It's just going to be done because hashtag JC's hopes come true. I'm putting my line in the sand right now. I see the smoke in the mirrors. Cody Rhodes wins the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Very simple this week. It's a hope. It just needs to happen. Him and Roman are going to give us a show. Cody's going to have his moment at the Showcase of the Immortals. I'm going to cry like a little fucking girl, and I'm going to eat up every moment of it. And then he's going to come out on Monday and be like, well... What do you guys want to talk about? And I'm just going to be like, yeah, I want to talk about you, baby. I want to talk about you. So, yeah, pretty simple this week. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Hashtag JC might be getting a little drunk. Hashtag Cody Rhodes. WWE Universal Undisputed Championship on everything. This day in Jobberknocker history, folks, we have found out that a drunk JC... It's not a hopeful JC. <laughs> I, it was one of those things like I was like, man, I really got to come up with something. But then I got distracted. Then I'm like, oh, I'm always so good at coming up with them during the podcast. And uh -huh. not tonight. So you know what? I, you always got that Trump card in your pocket. And I played my Cody card because that's a real hope. And I hope it comes true. And I think it will because hashtags JC's hopes come true. Okay. Time to give your comeback. Are you prepared for a comeback? Oh, yeah. Another JC guy right up the fucking alley. Christian Cage returned on AEW Dynamite last week. As you know, that show has been the drizzling shits leading into Revolution. But you know what? He took out Jungle Boy, and this is the match we wanted to see was Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. We're getting it. He has an interview as one of the 8 million segments announced for Dynamite this week. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty simple for me this week, giving it to Christian Cage because there's one man who always makes me care when he's on television, and that is fucking the peep show, Christian Cage. You know what's funny to me? We I Go back one second of being hopeful. We didn't talk about the Mrs. Envelope at all, and that could have been your envelope. I mean, I, I have no idea what it's going to be, so how can I hope for something when I have okay, no, no That's why you predict it. That's why I, you try to do maybe something. Maybe it's a letter it. from Pat McAfee challenging him to a match at WrestleMania. That that's, was going to be that was going to be my hope. But I was like, yeah, I don't know if I actually want that. Well, I told you, Miz versus McAfee works. It so does, 100%. It, it, it's easy, it absolutely easy plug and play, but, I mean, the Miz works with almost anyone, especially being in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I was also, the, the other idea in my head was like, maybe we get a Miz Hollywood Open Challenge and Carmelo Hayes debuts and beats him or something like that. These, I, were, the, these were the things. They, all my ideas were popping up about the Miz, and I just, none of them really sold me, so I went with Cody. There's also the very, very unlikely scenario that Batista being in the Hall of Fame might do something. Not a big fan of that. Okay, all right, moving on. Anywho, my comeback goes to one Baron Corbin because people were saying he was dead in the water. And then this week he proved all of you wrong by doing everything right. And of course, Triple H loves sipping on some IWC tears. So when I watched that, I thought, God damn it, this guy's going to be just fine as we already knew that because he's too talented to fail. Um, and he did a great job on Monday against Sami Zayn. The crowd was into it, obviously, because it's Sami Zayn. But again, if you looked up, you know, stereotypical, awesome heel. It's Baron Corbin. And of course he just knows what to do in those situations. Again, another plug and play guy that can do anything and everything. 
And he's and our boy Dom actually said it, and it kind of made me more interested in what's going to go on with Baron Corbin. It's just like he's a wild card. He can mm-hmm. show up and do whatever he wants to do now. He's not tethered or shackled to something for the next five weeks. He might not even have a match. You know what I mean? And like, there's so many things that could potentially happen, but for him to be in something right now means he's in good standing. Let me put it this way for you, Nestlemania. Do you remember who uh, Baron Corbin worked with last week? Uh, Cody Rhodes. Who'd Baron Corbin work with this week? Sami Zayn. Who are the two biggest baby faces in the company right now? Right. Exactly. It's just one of those things. It's like, I always, I mean, they're two of my favorite guys, but Baron Corbin and The Miz are the perfect guys to, I don't know, guess who The Miz worked with this week, Seth Rollins, to put with your top baby faces because know what they do? They make them look great. And it's like you said, it's one of those things like, I, it's it's one of the, the Baron Corbin is always going to come out on top. We've seen it so many times. Like, oh, this is the end of Corbin. He stinks. Oh, he lost money in the bank. He stinks. He always bounces back because he's good. He works at it and he fucking gets this business and he's going to be fine. You know, so it just, it's, yeah, that was a good comeback. Why don't you, probably going to be a better comebacks ever, if I must say. Listen, I'm pretty good. I'm just no, going to tell you that. I'm, I'm pretty awesome. Just FYI. Just Well, just I'm going to finish so you can't finish that thought. Uh, we're going to head to – we're going to talk about SmackDown and Raw books for next week, Nestlemania. We have Nestlemania's match of the year for 2022-2023. Fuck. I keep forgetting we're <laughs> in the year. But Rey Mysterio is taking on Karrion Cross in the rematch you asked for. Uh, look, I don't care at all i just know that the one line from dom was like hey my dad's in a match maybe i should check it out and i went okay that sells me on watching smackdown i do not care here's the thing i love rhea ripley and i think charlotte's face with charlotte this week as well but face to faces don't mean shit they just don't they just don't because nothing ever happened like hey we're gonna have a segment to set up our match that you already know about yeah but the thing is is I'm not necessarily excited for this matchup. I don't know what it is. I'm just really? see. I am because I thought they had the one of the more underrated WrestleMania matches of the last couple of years, and it wasn't in front of a crowd, but it opened. I believe it was was it night two of uh, WrestleMania Maybe. that year in the pandemic era, and it was a fantastic match. I absolutely loved it. I think these two are going to be fantastic together, and I think with this new Rhea character, I'm fascinated to how she plays off Charlotte Flair. I'm, like I said, Dom's Dom's just like super white hot for me. So it's just like seeing I mean, Dom interact with anybody. And especially now we're going to get to his dad, you know, like my deadbeat dad. Like I just. Your boy Karen Cross will probably get an easy win because of it. I know. Right. I mean, finally, he'll get a he'll get a win that we'll remember. Right. 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 Yeah. I don't know. Mr. I, Money in the Bank 2023. Karen Cross. Uh, also on SmackDown. <laughs> I'll try to squeeze that in. <laughs> also on SmackDown this week, we have the return of the Firefly Funhouse. The Flop House. The Flop Flop The Flop Flop Flop, flop house. house. Not as easy to say, is it? Look at look at here's 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 what I'm gonna say right now. And this is this is gonna be a you're gonna remember this timestamp right now. 854 on uh February 21st, 2023. I am not interested in Bray Wyatt anymore. The Fiend, to me, was the best character in television history, barring The Undertaker. But if you can't have The Fiend anymore, well, I meant like in terms of what you could do with The Undertaker. But if you're going to get rid of that, if you're going to get rid of the best character ever, and he said The Fiend's dead, he died in Tampa that night, what's the point of the Firefly Funhouse? What is the point of it? 
if he's still he says he's never going to go back to Swamp Bray, he's never going to go back to the Fiend, which again I think is utter bullshit because you never say never. But it's just like then this version of Bray Wyatt feels like blue balls to me. Like, what am I waiting for? What am I doing? Are you yeah. doing something? Like, it's just like, what are you doing to me? Like, Uncle Howdy. Like, I still like, and I understand. Like, I love Bray Wyatt. I think the overall, like, he to me is the upper echelon of everything. He's so special. But to me, the fiend was the fiend. Like, to me, he finally hit his stride. He finally found something that the crowd was like, holy fucking shit. I don't care how weird you are in the ring. This is awesome. You were a merchandise machine. And now I'm like watching him and I'm just like, I don't care. I just, I, I just don't care. So there you go. I'm, ass- I'm assuming he'll, he'll catch fire again, and I'll be wrong like always. But no, I. It's weird too because I honestly, I think the Uncle Howdy character is fucking stupid. Um, I don't get it. I don't understand what its purpose is going to be, especially now that they're like best friends. So I guess the only thing for the Firefly Funhouse for me is just the intrigue of like because he did he made that challenge to Brock Bobby. Like, if that is follow throne here, or what? How does this, since that match was kind of a fucked up finish, like, how does that play out? And also, is Uncle Howdy just going to be chilling in the funhouse playing with puppets while Bray's talking? Like, but yeah, I just, I don't agree with you, but I tend to lean that way. I can put it that way. So you're on my side. Just, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm leaning on the fence. I'm kind of like swaying your way, but I'm trying to make sure I stay on that fence so I can easily get back over if it gets good. I can see you definitely having uh, a wooden thing up your ass. Yep. Oh, yeah. Always straddling, baby. Hashtag always straddling, straddling. On Raw, we got Nestlemania match of the week 2.0. Damage control defense against Becky and Lita with the tag titles. You kind of said that you think that uh, Becky and Lita might win? I'm not saying I think. I know. I know for sure. Is that a Nestle guarantee? Nestle guarantee. I can't wait to bring that doesn't. If that doesn't happen, if that does not happen next week, I will make sure. There is no heat next week. Oh, that's no, because I might. Okay, okay. That. What would you What would you like to see me do then? Go ahead. I don't know. Oh. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll cross that person. We get. You know what? I think it's, you know what, I think folks? It's better if you don't know. You know what, folks? I, I'll, I'll leave it to everybody that listens and hangs out with the Jabber Knocker people. If you have an idea that you want me to do next week, I mean, I can't shave my head, but if like you want me to do something weird. <laughs> Show up to your job with a shit head. Oh, what happened? Oh, I lost a wrestling bet. No big Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't look at me. I'm fine. I'm ugly as it is. But that's fine. No, seriously. Like, I, I, I am fairly, I am, I have never been more sure of anything in my life. All right. Well, we shall see. It's also a ladies' night on Monday, WrestleMania, because we have Asuka versus Carmella and Candice LeRae versus Piper Niven. Don't care. Just, yeah. I just don't care. It's a setup for Oscar, and I don't. I mean, they're doing something with Candace and Nikki, as we saw backstage. I don't really care because I rather have Candace with Indy, but that's just me because she's more impressive. Uh, but also, Nestlemania, the last thing advertised for Raw is Brock Lesnar answers Omas's challenge. I hope he just laughs at him. <laughs> I like. I hope he just laughs at him. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, just get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You know what I mean? I like I, I'm looking at it, going like he has to look at that big motherfucker and be like, "Yeah, you think you you think I'm gonna fight you? You? Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home and get on top of my wife. Good night. Like I just that's what I think he's gonna say. He might. Yeah, uh, he might. He just might. But uh, yeah, that'll happen. Uh, what uh, NXT is obviously you know we're kind of going up against them head to head right now, so not doing that. But we can talk about AEW tomorrow night because there's a. 
a card that exists tomorrow for Dynamite, kicking off with the headliner being John Moxley and Evil Uno. I'm gonna fast forward the fuck out of that. Who thinks this is a good idea? Nobody. I think this is gonna this is gonna be a, 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 a recurring thing I say for the next while. Did you watch Rampage last week? I did not. Well, I watched it this morning because I hadn't watched it yet. And Wheeler Yuta fucking sucks, first of all. But he cut a promo on Orange Cassidy, like a heel promo. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is Wheeler Yuta a heel now? But he's getting an All-Atlantic Championship shot against Orange Cassidy to set it up. But, like, it was a super heel promo. It was just like, you let Chuck Taylor make fun of me when we were best friends. You never made me better. And Orange was pretty much just like, yeah, I was just trying to be your best friend. And Wheeler's like, eh, I'm a little spoiled brat. I suck at wrestling. But that's a match. Do you care? No. I absolutely. Hope Cassidy not. beats him in two seconds. We also have WrestleMania. Uh, the Guns have uh, made an agreement with Big Bill and Lee Moriarty to take out the acclaimed in the match. Can't wait for Big Bill roast beef. <laughs> Sorry, Bill and Bob's is in my head. That's a I, thing. In I'm going to make an inappropriate transition here. Uh, Soraya takes on Skyblue. <laughs> If this isn't the match of the week, I don't know what it is. I mean, I love I mean, Sky Blue. There is, so. there is one match on this card, folks, that I'm interested in, and it is this match. Sky Blue versus Soraya. It has to be the only Sky reason. What? Sky Blue? Yeah, she's great. Uh, there's, uh, there's, yeah. That's it. This will probably be the only match of Soraya that I care about besides her debut because she's been terrible. Uh, we also have a tag team battle royal, which if you look at the graphic, it's all jobber tag teams, and then Penta and uh, Phoenix. They're probably going to be on pay-per-view, so I would assume they will win that. And be the third team in that match. I can't I you know, you know what hurts my head and my heart, probably both. They tout how great their tag team division is. They do. They touted that the, the, they're like we will have the strongest tag team division in the world. And again, you can you can sell me on the guns, that's fine, whatever. And they claim the guns are fine, but it's like it's Penta and Phoenix have been cold. The Young Bucks holding trio titles. FTR is at home nursing their wounds. Maybe they come back as the fourth team. But it's just like they have great tag teams. And the acclaimed, obviously, has just been fucking amazing. But it's just like they don't – I think it comes back to the next guy that we're going to talk about because the last thing for Dynamite this week, Nestlemania, is a Tony Khan announcement. Oh. They're back, baby. Is it, that he, is it that he found an unbiased journalist to cover <laughs> his program? <laughs> Because, because honestly, I'm thinking to myself, is he gonna, you know, come, just parade some fucking dumbass out there and being like one of the many guy. virgins that took shots at Ariel on? Twitter. Oh my god! I hope he, I hope he, honest to god, I hope he hired Coach. Like oh I hope god. that's the big announcement. Coach is so far up Dana White's ass, and so is Tony Khan. I mean, that was if Ariel on his podcast. I think he said he's like, he's like, I want to take a shot about like you know, like Dana's not gonna suck you off. I come taking shots at me or something like that. But he's like, I didn't want to go that low, so I just called him Mr. No Man. <laughs> I just this if this major announcement has anything to do with Ariel, Tony's a fucking moron. I assume it's gonna be something like Rain of Honor on streaming. <laughs> Some nerdy fucking shit. I think it's that he's probably gonna say we're gonna do more pay-per-views or the Forbidden Door is back or something like that. Like that's okay. what I think is like Forbidden Door 2. Great. Because it was you know such the a only great way success. I'm gonna care about the Forbidden Door, and that's something and this is real talk. Is uh, if the new NJ NJPW women's champion is on that fucking pay-per-view. I don't hate it. I think that's Mercedes Monet, who won the title against Kyrie Sane. I watched the match at WrestleMania. It was super hot fire. I almost gave her my comeback, but I was like, I gotta give it to Christian Cage. But but yeah, that is the only way I will care about fucking Forbidden Door 2.0. I'm sure Conway is screaming at us right now, but that's okay. Hey, that's not okay. Not my problem. 
That's what, that's uh, why we that's why we listen to Conway and Dom on the NJPW podcast. Yes, so there you go. Because they are well versed in it. I am not. You, I don't know. Maybe you could dabble, but I I'm lukewarm at best. Yeah. Um. And then Rampage has a match in WrestleMania. Sammy Guevara taking on Action Andretti. Set what? up from last week. Why? So here's the thing. Andretti came out and attacked Sammy when Sammy tried to help Garcia beat Ricky. It's just like it's it's the fucking carousel that never ends. Action Andretti is just not. Not a star. He's just not. I mean, he's brand new. He's just I'm gonna not give a the kid star. a chance. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, Calling well, it now. Time I mean, of death. He's getting nope, the reverse muscle treatment right now. This kid's gonna be a world champion. In I a hope year and so. A half. Hey, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> he's in the right company for it because there's 700 titles. So you know That's what? True. He will. He will trip backwards, fall down a hill, and end up with the Mid Atlantic Championship for no reason whatsoever. So there you go. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's all I got for Rampage. Um, <laughs> I had something else AEW related, but I don't remember what it was. So it's okay; it doesn't matter. Evil Uno is jumping the shark, so it's fine. I just why is I'm not trying to be mean because I know you're no. the person who usually tries to fire people, but why the fuck does he exist? He's he's not good, and it's just like they try to make you care about these things. It's like you're just we're already getting Mox versus Heyman at Texas Death Match. I don't know if you saw that. So they're gonna fight for a tenth time, and it's good. This is gonna be a fucking bloody fucking blading fest. I just I'm so frustrated with AEW right now. Like this show is so fucking bad, and I hate it because this show was a nice guilty pleasure for me along with NXT. But they fucking made MJF fucking the shits. They made everything on the show. Fucking super hot flaming piles of poopy garbage on your doorstep. Ding dong ditch, bitch. That's what I should have called the episode. <laughs> Ding dong ditch. That's what I should have called it. Anyway, yes, AW is in far, far, far need. Of More an sky blue, less everything else. If Moxley could go just one week without blading, folks, well, I'd be happy. Yeah. What do you think he's like in real life when he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to cut tomatoes up for my wife? I bet, he's, think really he's, fucking, like, I bet he's a really fucking cool dude because he's he is. just all over the place, um, which I would greatly enjoy. But I just I don't it's just like I don't know what it is right now. I I, I will say this. the My favorite thing, non-acclaimed or guns related that I like this week in AW was I'm enjoying the Swerve Dustin Rhodes feud. It was the main event of Rampage. Like, that was fun. Obviously, it fucking... Got the Golden Domer 2.0 uh, returning with uh, Keith Lee, but I just, I don't know. I, don't I mean, know we, we have like one or two weeks before Revolution. Do we really yeah, the, care? The, the, Do the we card really is what? care? It's MJF, Brian Danielson wrestling for an hour. No thanks. It's Hainman and Moxley cutting themselves for probably an hour. No thanks. It's uh, the acclaimed, the guns, mystery, mystery, and a random fucking four-way match. It's Wardlow okay. and Samoa Joe. I, you can sell me on that because uh, Wardlow's the man, and he, hopefully he wins it back. Um, but I don't, I don't know what else there is. I'm because Hater's been doing all this tag team shit, but it'll maybe it'll be a multi woman match. I don't fucking know, dude. It's just it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an Excalibur special that the go home is gonna be like and this thing and this thing and this just signed. It's and on the pre show. We have a guy you've never heard of fighting a guy you never heard of just because and oh Eddie Kingston's fighting a random Japanese guy. Exactly, because you know, it's just I love Eddie. Give me more Ed- Tony. If you're watching this, you fucking snowman, give me more Eddie Kingston on my TV, goddammit. And Miro. Yeah, where is Miro? I'm fucking collecting a paycheck, baby. Living the dream. How many people are sitting in catering? No, how many people are at home? Miro definitely playing video games. I mean, hey. I mean, 
FDR's doing the same thing. They're nursing their injuries, but they're also collecting a paycheck so those things expire. Can we can we get on the payroll? I mean, I, I mean they hire everyone. I'd I'd take a I'd take a little less than I'm probably worth. Just I would know, I would work. gladly I would gladly go to Ring of Honor. That's what I would do. Your favorite show. You could work My with Tony Nice. I would I would I well wouldn't go that far. You know what we didn't mention on the podcast this week before we get out of here? It's because she's not allowed in Canada because of her green card. But Chelsea Green is so goddamn good on my television, damn it. <laughs> you said it perfectly. She wasn't even on TV this week. She had a voice memo. Went, her and Adam Pierce, fucking best in feud in wrestling right now, not named Roman and Cody. It is. Fucking Chelsea Green and Adam Pierce, best feud in wrestling. I, I couldn't agree more. So I guess that's probably the best way to end this program. More Chelsea Green, please. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought we'd be here, man, in 2023? Yep, I think we need to have you drink every single time from now on. It makes I mean, you a better podcaster. If we're recording at night and I'm off the clock, then yeah. I hope – yeah. no, it makes you a better editor when you're on the clock, so it's fine. It's I, fine. There were um, – hopefully my bosses aren't listening, but uh, during the pandemic, you think we all weren't drinking the entire time? We couldn't leave our houses. What else are we supposed to do? <laughs> drinking at it, baby. Oh, Lord. Slicing and dicing. Anyway, on that note, thank you for listening to this new version of The Jobber Knocker. We'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. Yeah. Yeah.